Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Rod, and he doesn't have a specific comment or question that he'd like me to cover, so I'll be covering the topic of the imitating woman, or the imitatrix, a term that I've just coined. Women tend to copy each other's style and behavior, and they also tend to copy the style of men. And there's even an excellent video that was released yesterday by Diana Davison, where she says that if a woman needs to grow her underarm hair to attract a hippie guy, then she'll do so. And if she needs to cover herself in tattoos to attract a man with tattoos, then she'll do that as well. She says that so long as women want something from men, they're willing to become like chameleons, taking on male characteristics to attract his affection and attention. And I'm adding a link to her video in the description below. I've also been meaning to do a video on women that imitate others for a while now. And the imitatrix is an annoying woman that copies the ideas and style of others and then passes off those ideas and style as her own. I've seen this most of my life and can remember a couple of years ago when I was in New York's meatpacking district. All of the women were wearing the same type of black outfit with long flowing blonde hair. They wore the same type of shoes. And if you weren't a banker but were successful at something else, they didn't seem to want you. A woman typically goes out knowing exactly the type of guy that she wants. And if you're not that guy, you're in the way. The best way to go your own way is not to look like anything that a woman is looking for. And I do this all the time. I'll wear some very unstylish, mismatched clothing when I go out in public. Almost as if I'm trying to look terrible so that I keep my anonymity. And if you look like some unstylish schlub, then women typically don't see you as a prize, and men don't see you as a threat. And the weird thing is, I tend to wear better looking clothing while I'm at home. Men that don't project the image of what a woman is looking for are effectively invisible. But sometimes when women are desperate, especially after they get past the age of 30, they start looking at men that have the potential to be the guy that they want with a few alterations. As they get older, logic would dictate that they're supposedly going to be less picky about men. But as they age, they become more picky because they haven't found what they're looking for and want to change men to fit their perception of what a man should be. And that's why mothers typically start dressing guys and telling them what to wear, especially their own sons. And if they can't find a guy with the physical and social status that they're looking for, then they typically find some poor fool and try to turn him into a GQ model as best they can. If he doesn't have status to begin with, she basically tries to put that status onto him. When it comes to the men that I hang around with, we all tend to have different types of cars and different types of dress styles. One guy might like sports cars, while another might like motorcycles or even have a pickup truck. Yet we all hang out together and respect the fact that we all have different interests and preferences. Many women, on the other hand, can't do this because if they all hang out together with other women that project a different image, then they will basically attract the wrong type of guy. So similarly dressed women have to hang out together as to not scare away possible mates. Women mimic each other and copy each other for business as well. And I can't tell you how many times I've worked with female clients that have told me that they wanted to be the next Oprah. They say if Oprah can do it, so can I. And they seem to model themselves as well as their business identities around those of other women and men that have come before them. If you look at the situation realistically, it's often far more efficient to do what others have done before with regards to business because it's safer and less risky down the road. This worked in the 20th century really well before the internet. But today in most businesses, it's not enough to mimic your competition. You still need to do what your competition is doing, but you need to implement new ideas into your work as well. And if you don't do it quickly enough, someone else will do it before you, and you won't be the first one into this new market. The people that typically move into new marketplaces first are usually the ones that make most of the money. And when women say, I want to be the next Oprah, what they're saying is, I want to be successful before the internet. 
In five to ten years, these same women will probably be saying, I want to be like Jenna Marbles, or some other female YouTube sensation today. Many women don't seem to have the ability to see the creative or imaginative steps required to achieve a goal. What's worse is when they accidentally succeed, many of them discard that success and ignore it, because that's not the way they wanted to succeed in the first place. They have to stick to a plan, and are often not willing to improvise. They often follow their business plan to a T because they get caught up in the little steps or process instead of seeing the bigger picture. And I'm not saying that all women are like this, but the majority of women that I've worked with are. Men on the other hand are more adaptable to change it seems. Again, not all men are adaptable to change, but a greater portion of men when compared to women are willing to think outside the box and start businesses that fit a new need instead of one that exists already. Women typically start hair salons, dog grooming businesses, as well as nail spas. When I ask most women why they started their businesses in the first place, the answer usually has to do with the success and status of another woman or man that came before them. However, when I ask men why they started their businesses, they say they wanted to change the world and make money doing it, and they often equate original thoughts with status and success. I think the root of female imitation comes from the female board consensus that makes sure that they don't rock the social boat too much. If women had a motto, it would be comfort and safety above everything else. Trying out new ideas, wearing untested clothing, and taking risks can easily alienate a woman and cost her status that she will never regain from the group of women that she currently hangs out with socially. Such action would often limit her choices and mates as well in the future. So the female survival mechanism kicks in, and risk-taking behavior is basically taken off the table. But with men, risk-taking behavior, inventiveness, and improvisation are encouraged from a young age. Our built-in disposability means that genetically, we have to take greater risks to elevate ourselves in the hierarchy. A man that takes risks with new technology or ideas and makes it big can attract younger and more fit females, thus increasing the likelihood that his genes will move forward. A woman, on the other hand, has a much higher probability of spreading her genes without it actually achieving original thought, but instead by simply following the party line. But in the end, who wants to be in a relationship with a woman that you can't share your vision for success with? because it's creative and new, as well as risky. Women shun guys that are original risk-takers until those guys succeed. Then they often try to take credit for male ingenuity and genius. Sayings like, behind every great and successful man is a great woman. And this now leads me to my next point. Women use originality in their dealings with people in conversations and perception. They're often good at improvisation and negotiations because they can spot value in assets on the ground where men don't usually see them. Men look to the future of assets, and women look to the present value of them, which also explains why women are more risk-averse when it comes to investing. Men see the interest an investment will earn, but women see the risk of losing their principal more often than not, so therefore they don't invest as much as men. Women typically invest in real estate because real property increases status value. Why do you think the kitchens and bathrooms in a house increase the greatest value in that property? In the past, I had a friend that would wear dress pants, a cowboy hat, a Cosby sweater with sandals, all at the same time. The man looked like a rodeo clown, but no one knew that he was actually doing it to be invisible. But I give him points for originality. When I saw his outfit, I could see that it takes more effort to look bad than it actually takes to look good. But like I said, when he went out, he was actually invisible. And this made me think about what is traditionally considered nerd culture. Nerds are seen as highly intelligent, but with terrible fashion sense. Legend has it that even Einstein had many copies of the same identical outfit in his closet so that he wouldn't have to waste his precious brain power on deciding what to wear each and every single day. Nerds are intelligent, but they don't traditionally put effort into their appearance. Why is this? 
I think it has something to do with subconsciously choosing to look different, so that others can simply ignore them, and they can be left alone to think for themselves. I think original thought requires solitude. And now that nerd culture is being invaded by women, women that act like nerds, that try to attract these types of guys by dressing like them, they are in a sense attacking and possibly destroying a class of men that are responsible for the greater percent of original thought in our society. I think the new camouflage for nerds is to look normal, so that they won't draw too much attention to themselves, and can do whatever the hell they want in peace. Years ago I knew one very nerdy guy that was making half a million dollars a year in an original dot-com business, but he was wearing clothing that was falling apart, and before that he was actually wearing very nerdy clothing and it was attracting a lot of attention. But then he changed his outfit to literally rags falling off his body. Another thing that women imitate these days is the rise in tattoo culture. It used to be that only the marginalized people in society got tattoos. The sailors, the criminals, and the prostitutes. And the people society looked down at were the ones that were covering their bodies in tattoos and piercings. However, today, seeing women covered in tattoos, 30, 40, 50% of their bodies are often covered. When I was younger, I had a couple of friends in college that had some old-school tribal tattoos on their arms. But that's nothing compared to what I'm seeing out there today. And I typically enjoy tattoos as much as I enjoy graffiti. These days, it's often scary to see on the internet that with new technologies, women are trying to do the many risky things that men once did. Women are treating themselves as disposable by copying the behavior of disposable males. In their attempts to mimic men, they are increasingly copying our disposability. And hopefully they'll start signing up for the military soon, and in the future we'll have all-women combat divisions. Maybe men can stay at home and live their lives, while women copy men and each other and die on the battlefields. Wouldn't that be something? Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today. Thanks again to Rod for his donation, and thank you everyone else for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.